of Spiritual Friendship. I'm your host, Michelle, and Jamie is not joining us because we're doing another episode of A Witch Reacts. And before we go into that, I'm going to do the small announcements that Jamie does every time. Um, so if you guys want to support us, you can start with monthly donations on Patreon, which will allow us to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on more platforms. Um, we'll go ahead and leave the description to that down below. Um, all funds for that, all proceeds, will be going directly into the podcast. Currently, we do not make any money off of this podcast, so I just want to go ahead and state that out in the open in case you guys were confused about that or, you know, we're not making money off of this. Um, the next thing is send us a voice message on Anchor. We would love to hear what you guys have to say. And uh, this can allow us to hear what you guys have to say. And you might actually be featured on a future episode. Uh, the third thing is make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We have so many awesome reviews. We're actually a five-star podcast. However, we have very few reviews. Please leave us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. It will, sh it will allow our podcast to show up more when people search for us. Apple Podcast is kind of uh, a strange one to say uh, you have to have more reviews and more ratings for people to go ahead and find your show. But we love the reviews we're getting so far. Uh, another thing, lastly, our Etsy shop is now open at Spiritual Friend Shop. That's S-H-O-P, not S-H-I-P. All proceeds, once again, will be going to our podcast. And anything bird-related will probably be going to a bird... Uh, sanctuary or rescue that is in one of our local areas. So for more information on that, you can go ahead and check me out at the Colorado Witch. Uh, but anyway, on to what our episode is going to be about. We're going to be reacting, or I'm going to be reacting, to another podcast, actually, called Other People's Lives. It's a really interesting podcast. It seems to be a podcast where these two gentlemen um, talk to other people and basically their lives. So it's a really interesting podcast where they talk to other people and it's very specific to that individual. However, in this particular one, they titled it, I Practice Witchcraft and I Cast Spells. Now, I do want to say I have not listened to this podcast before. Um, I do not really know what exactly it's about, but that's what I kind of got the gist of because this was actually on YouTube and it's in my recommended feed. So I decided to react to it. I've only listened to about 12 minutes of it um, because I got a little bit salty with the misinformation that was being spread with their particular uh, person that they're interviewing. I don't know. Let me see if I can find any information on that person. Uh, they should have something in the description. They don't have anything about her um, at all. However, there's a lot of comments which I would love to go into um, afterwards. One of the things that I noticed when I was watching this podcast was that one of them is on his phone the whole time, so there is only one person talking throughout most of it. However, there are two people here, so I just want to let you guys know that. So, without further ado, let's listen to the beginning intro of this podcast. I've kind of skipped over the really beginnings. We're just going to listen to the backstory of this person that they have, or whatever backstory that they have, where they found her, hopefully. I, uh, I don't remember exactly what they say. Over to patreon.com slash OPL show and uh, join our OPL cult.
I mean, Patreon. Cult. Those are great words you want to hear. Just kidding. So today we'll be speaking with a woman who says that she is a new age witch. Uh, She has training. She was once involved in a coven. Uh, She has learned to perform spells and rituals that actually work. So I'm super excited to dive into this world, learn more about it. And as always, we have our guest on the line. So thank you for being on today. Okay, so... They have called her this woman, I'm assuming to protect her identity. A lot of witches don't want to, you know, they don't want to get their name out there in case their friends or family may find out that they're witches. I mean, witches were, they were once upon a time, like, killed just because they were witches. However, it is saying that she does have formal training and that she she has been a part of a coven. So I'm very interested to see or to hear uh, some of these experiences. Thank you for having me. Of course. So to kick this off, let's just start with your personal definition of what it means to be a new age witch. Yeah. um, So I say witch to kind of make it easier to understand for people, but I actually really like the term priestess a lot better. Okay. So already we already kind of have an issue here. Um, I'm not really sure the whole new age witch thing. I'm guessing somebody who's kind of into the new age metaphysical shops and she's considering herself a witch from from that angle. Um, She's not really explaining the new age part very well. However, um, to be a priestess, you have to have a lot of training to become a priestess. So I'm interested to hear her training. You can't just say I like the term priestess and just suddenly be a priestess. That's not exactly how it works. You have, a priestess is kind of somebody who can, who can marry you. So I wouldn't just go out and say, hey, I'm an officiant without proper documentation and things like that. It's kind of the same way with priestess. There's not really any documentation, but there's a lot of formal training that does go into that. Um, But for me, it's, Um, an exploration of using manifesting techniques that the new age community is really interested in but really um including ritual and spell casting in that practice from from witchcraft yeah so when you this is just me right personally when i hear witch i hear witchcraft i hear spells i'm thinking the pointy hat the broomstick and like you know the movies stuff so can you kind of like explain what you mean exactly by like spells and witchcraft and you know like i'm assuming it's not what i like i'm completely wrong you know what i mean so i just kind of want to know the uh you know the difference between the two and like what you kind of classify as a spell and how it would work yeah that's that's an awesome question um so dressing up is definitely like a big part of it for a lot of people who are into it um like for sure so you're not like wrong with that um but it you know casting a spell (laughs) really is um like trying to intentionally change reality um and it kind of you, you sort of see spellcraft as sort of like a hack almost like a programmer's code for a way to make it happen faster okay i'm not entirely sure where she's going um with that the first thing i wanted to say is that she's kind of equating manifesting and and things like that um with witchcraft which a lot of it is manifesting a lot of it is visualization manifestation um meditation things like that but there's so much more to it than just that you don't just manifest something into reality i'm getting that this person is probably very attached to physical things. I don't I don't know how to say it. Very probably like Instagram 
you know, obsessed with like things. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's definitely a time and a place for that. But I, I, my question is, is there a difference between somebody who's manifesting for her and like say my mother-in-law who does vision boards? Is there a difference? Because in, in some sense that is manifestation within itself. You're um, visualizing a better future for yourself. So um, that's interesting that she points that out. Let's see what else she has to say. That's interesting. So, uh, like, what what kind of spells though? Like, what kind of things do you like usually do in that way? Well, um, what kind of things do people usually want? Uh, mo most of the spells that you'll come across are for love or money, honestly. Um, but that's a really broad question. Basically, like, I would do a spell kind of for anything that I wanted. You know, like, there's, there's no like there's no boundaries i guess for me as far as like what i would do except that i won't do things that feel bad to me like so a spell is not really a hack and there's more than just love or money spells those are the most common yes but there are tons of other spells out there um that you can do like when the forest fires were happening in australia the australian outback fires were happening in 2019 i did a spell every single night for the animals so that's an example of a spell that doesn't necessarily benefit you but you do it anyway it's not love or money you're not getting anything from it really um i guess except for like peace of mind and helping animals and stuff like that but uh, that's an example of a spell that you know you don't really need to benefit from. A lot of people will say spells that you benefit from is actually negative magic when I don't really think that that's true, but to each their own. Things that might cause someone else pain or something. So, so she kind of brushes over and it harm none, do what you will. And that's a part of the Wiccan read. And I feel like this is a really good moment that she could have brought the Wiccan read out to kind of discuss that. Now I know the Wiccan read is a religion and witchcraft is a craft and there's a huge difference between those two things but she seems to follow the wiccan read here and i think that it would have been important not only to bring that out but maybe to talk about the differences between religion and witchcraft and the kind of fine line i guess that a lot of practitioners walk when practicing so i guess maybe it'll help us understand if you kind of talk about how you know you were first introduced to all of this because i do feel like the term witch and like witchcraft it's almost becoming a trendy term in a way like i feel like i keep seeing like articles with it or you know things about crystals or like it's 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 almost become you know this trend of sorts of people like kind of wanting to identify as that but it seems like what you're saying is like you really have a a, a grasp on spells rituals and and making these things happen for yourself which i guess is a little hard for us to wrap our head around so like how did you kind of get introduced to this and i guess when i say this like what is this is it a community how does one kind of begin to even explore this okay awesome all right <laughs> that was a very long question so thanks <laughs> yeah for sure so um so first yes a lot of people do seem to kind of be getting into it now so i just want to mention um you know i'm a communication major i've done a lot of videography and things like that that sigh to me gives me a meta message of I don't want to be here. Um, so mm, <laughs> it is a good question that they ask though. Which I think is really interesting. It kind of shows that people are interested in sort of expanding some, kind of their definition of themselves in this way. Um, I first got into it in 2012. Um, I had just grown up um, basically super Christian 
and I went through a process of kind of realizing that that was um, not <laughs> not what reality seemed to be made of um, that 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 paradigm. Um, but when I was a child, I had witnessed really interesting things within that Christianity, and I, I feel like I saw like groups of people really like. Um, like create this huge sense of power in like these rooms that was really interesting to me. And I had also had an experience where I was in like really extreme pain as a child and a group of people um, like prayed for me. And um, in real time, I like felt the pain go away and I was okay again. And so I, I had experiences like that, that I, I had to kind of reconcile in my mind as I was leaving Christianity. And so I kind of just got super into researching like, I guess like magic in the occult because I realized there was just a bunch of other people who had also dedicated like their lives to thinking about these kinds of things. So that's really interesting. She talks about Christianity and how basically the prayer is successful and then talks about leaving Christianity. Uh, I wish that she would have talked about like the moment that she would have realized like, hey, this is a thing and this is real. Let's see what else she has to say. So I checked out this, um, this like new age metaphysical bookstore in like, you know, like a town an hour away. And I went there to one of their open rituals and I started to kind of like put together the pieces of what this community is getting into. So she went to a metaphysical store. It sounds like she went to a metaphysical store and then from there she found um, an open ritual that was happening, and then she kind of got into it that way. Okay, so is it, you know, you bring up Christianity, so it to be a witch, or in your case, to, like, study the occult or magic, is that kind of immediately considered pagan or, or anti-religion? <sighs> I think, yes, I think it is considered that. But I think that um, on the inside, it just it feels a lot less like dark and scary than what I was warned it would be like. Right. And I think that's like to, to Joe's point in the beginning, you know, he said like pointy hats and, and broomsticks. And even if it's not. OK, um, so I, she didn't really say what exactly that is. They asked if it was paganism or anti-religion. I haven't really looked into anti-religion a lot, so let's see what it is. Anti-religion is oppression, is opposition to religion of any kind. It involves a, opposition to organized religion, religious practices, or religious institutions. This term, anti-religion, has also been used to describe opposition to specific forms of supernatural worship or practice, whether organized or not. Um, so, this is kind of where I kind of got a little pissed off. There's a difference between religion and witchcraft. There's a really big difference there. You can be a Christian witch. You can be um, a Jewish witch. You can be any kind of witch. And she's not really discussing, like, what the different kinds of witches there are. So that, to me, indicates, like, where is her formal training at? I'm really confused because they haven't gotten into this training that she claims that she has. And this is spreading a lot of misinformation about it. But let's see what she has to say. <laughs> that literally it's like even when I think about this not knowing anything about it it's it 
has this feeling or this like it's like cloaked in darkness almost and i know so much of that is probably a misconception or or, or based on stereotypes Uh, but do you find that that's the case or how most people kind of view this like okay someone's literally trying to create magic or cast spells or rituals and like nothing good can come from so another thing is he says create magic um that's an interesting term i wonder if she corrects that and i wonder if she corrects some of the misinformation and discusses where that misinformation comes from like i had talked about in a previous episode of which reacts to focus on the family they had talked about wicca and just getting into witchcraft as some sort of like phase and they had completely come at it as a christian viewpoint rather than looking at it from a witch's viewpoint or a wiccan's viewpoint or somebody on that side um their viewpoint of it which is really misleading from that (laughs) um i find that people who are drawn to the title witch or occultist or magician um are are drawn to more of that secrecy, more of that kind of building of power. Okay, so now she's putting magicians, occultists, and witches all in the same category. Um, I'm not sure what an occultist is. I'm 95% sure it's not what she thinks it is. Let's do some, let's do some research. The occult is a broad-ascent category of supernatural beliefs and practices and generally fall outside the scope of religion and science encompassing such phenomena involving otherworldly agency as mysticism, spiritually, and magic. Um, I just... Mm, I don't really like that term. But, I mean, I guess witch and occultist, like, they kind of, like, go hand in hand. But magician is kind of where it stands out to me. Magician is not... Magician is somebody who stands on a stage and does magic tricks. They're not somebody who has practiced in the craft necessarily. Maybe there are some magicians who have, but when I think of the term magician, I don't automatically go to witchcraft. Um, the only time I ever have is in the show The Magicians. Um, and I, is that her formal training? Again, just a lot of questions as to um, some of her syntax that she uses a little misguided, I think. Um, and people who are drawn to more of the new age titles are, are less are are less drawn to that and more drawn to kind of like like a loving sharing of magical. Okay, so now she's just saying that people who like the term witch, mag- magician, you know, occultist, they just want power. And people who are in my realm or you know new age and stuff like that, they are more of a loving, caring, um, you know, sharing of their magic. And that's just completely wrong whatsoever. Like, she's basically saying, this bad, I'm right. And uh, you'll see a lot of, um, this is gatekeeping. This is a great example of gatekeeping. Um, Saying that, you know, because you call yourself X, Y, and Z, you are not a part or affiliated with anything that I do. And that that's just, it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay to be doing that. So we're only eight minutes in and I'm salty ideas very openly and before when you were talking about spells i was also just curious because you were saying how you know it's about manifesting for the most part is this something that you feel like you have complete control over or is it some or is it similar or is the spells similar to you know what people call prayers where it's like you pray and you hope that it is you know 
a catalyst in it going your way. Is it kind of the same thing? Or do you actually believe that like the spells that you're doing are the reason why these things are happening and that you can like, you're in full control of that? Okay. That is like the perfect question. Um, I guess that I'm, I believe that I have um, a lot of power to kind of affect things and affect my reality and kind of affect even reality itself, I guess. Um, I, I think a really good example of a kind of magic that a lot of people do would be magic done on an altar. I'm just going to call it altar magic for the sake of this discussion. But on a lot of people do magic on an altar. Um, so I'm not really sure where she does magic or how she does magic. She hasn't made that clear and how her magical practice is practiced. Uh, she's also not a very good interviewer because there's a lot of ums. There's a, uh, I'm feeling like this is kind of just made up on the spot. I don't know if she had any time to practice, but that's what I'm getting. On a lot of people's altars, they will kind of create like a microcosm. They'll kind of create like, you know, they'll put something on there that symbolizes themselves. And they'll put something on there that symbolizes um, kind of what they're trying to achieve. And they'll put something on there that symbolizes like, you know, those two things working in harmony or cohesion. And by creating that kind of microcosm of kind of the bigger reality they really want to experience, I think they're going one step farther than prayer. I think prayer is sort of asking for what you want, kind of petitioning to power for what you want. And I think a lot of witches are like, let's take it one step further and just uh, see ourselves as, you know, powerful enough to make it happen. There's so much wrong with what she's saying. Um, uh, this form of magic that she's talking about, yes, is, is very real. It's very true. Like I had said, um, the, magic is a practice and you, you have to practice at it. Uh, I don't know what form she's doing. I do little spells while I'm sitting in a stoplight or walking the dog or things like that. Um, typically when I have my altar out, and this is sometimes true for a lot of witches, they will practice on their altar and do big spells like cataclysmic words. A very large spell. I cannot talk today. But they'll do very, very large spells just working with their altar. Like when I was trying to help the animals, I had done a large spell and then kept a candle burning for so many um, hours or times a night and, and things like that. That is an example of like a spell that you can do on your altar. It doesn't necessarily have to do with like, oh, I see myself here and I do this and, you know, like things like that. And another good example is when I had made a little line with um, black tourmaline, which is something that can absorb negative energies. And I put a little line of that onto my altar and I said, this is my line and negative energies and negative things will not cross that line. And that's kind of like a thing that I had done but it doesn't necessarily represent like me. And, you know, things aren't always so literal um, within the spiritual practice. Okay. But in your experience, does it, does it like actually manifest and work? I'm assuming, I'm assuming so. Honestly, I have experienced a lot of the things that I've done magic for come to me. And I, I was honestly very surprised um, by, by that being the result for me. A lot of people experience that too, where they're like, oh my gosh, it actually works. Um, what the hell? You know, and then it turns kind of everything that you believed on your head. At least that's what happened for me. Um, this guy is also kind of 
kind of rude. Like, but, but does it work? Does it work? Like, that's that's kind of rude. <laughs> so what was your kind of first experience with this? Because is, is this something that you started to learn about, but, you know, maybe were a little apprehensive about yourself. So, you know, what was that kind of turning point? You mentioned like an open ritual at the bookstore. Or was there a particular experience where you saw magic happen successfully, either from yourself or someone else? You know, that's interesting. I, I feel like I took part in, in group rituals, um, but the ones I was in didn't really inspire me. And I don't really think that that's, that's all that a group ritual can be. Um, but I, I did hang out with the pagan community um, kind of in my area in like 2012, 2013, 2014, and maybe a little bit in 2015. Um, and um, when I went to that bookstore, I met kind of like a local coven leader and he trained me for a year. Um, but it was like this thing, it was, it was this kind of frustrating situation where like he was willing to train me for a year but then I had to go through some kind of ritual to become initiated for a year to get into like his group and then after that it would be like another year of something and I think that's really really cool but I also felt something kind of weird about it so I don't know I kind of went off and did my own thing okay so she's talking about being in a coven and how it's kind of basically not her style but at the same time she's like you know, you learn something, you're initiated, you learn something, you're initiated. That's kind of how covens work. You have that initiation process and then you get into like the inner circle. So she was probably in the outer circle and then made it to, um, you know, the inner circle just a little bit. And I don't think she did ever make it to priestess just because she said that she trained for a year. It takes a couple of years worth of training to be able to make it to the level of priestess. Um, that to me doesn't sound like training and one of the big things that i'm noticing in this interview is she's not talking about books she's read she's not talking about research she hasn't talked about um the magical like community in her area and like the history of that community there's a lot of history into witchcraft that a lot of people don't understand or don't know about we know of the salem witch trials um we we know of those kinds of things but we don't know of like the little nuanced things like here in my area we have um, a coven uh, of witches that used to be and practice in a cave uh, and it's a very popular cave where I am so I think that it's an interesting historical fact about the area that I live in nothing of that in here I wonder if she's done any research into it so let's go what is a coven exactly Oh, nice question. Um, covens are groups of witches who are really embracing like that witchy thing, you know, um, like they're almost like choosing to embrace that stereotype. Um, but covens are. Um, I have an issue with that. They're not choosing to embrace the stereotype. They're like-minded people that are coming together and they're choosing to follow a path. And typically with covens, you'll see a religion that kind of follows that. Um, she probably decided that she didn't like that particular coven in that particular situation and kind of went off and did her own thing, like she said. But covens, they don't just embrace stereotypes. That's, that's very misleading and very hurtful to the community to say something like that groups of witches who usually it's no more than 13 uh, um 
no. Covens can be as big or as small as whoever is leading that coven wants them to be. Um, yeah. This is just... I'm already getting, like, just major red flags just, like, going off right now. Um, yeah. And then the other guy over here, I know this is a podcast, but he just has this look of disgust on his face. I really do not like him. He's kind of rude. And the other guy seems very open to it, very understanding, very, like, trying to understand what's what he's being told, which is misinformation, but... Let's go. Um, and they gather together and they're willing to do magic together. And it's kind of seen as special. Like you'll only do, you know, really special group rituals with these 13 people and you create a really special bond. What do, what do these rituals like kind of look like? Is there like chanting or is there, you know, these potions or something? I mean, I'm, this is like, you know, I'm, I, that might be a stupid question, but I like literally have no idea what any of this looks like. Yeah. So uh, I think I need to kind of like, introduce my answer to that by saying that all rituals are kind of just made up like in any religion or anywhere you go this was the part where i had stopped listening because this pissed me off so bad so from here on forward i have not listened to any of this and i don't know what she's going to say um this is once again very very hurtful to the community these rituals and, and things are not, these are not made up. Uh, and, and I don't know what she's going to be saying, but there are different rituals within the covens that the outer circle members do not know about because they're not in the inner circle. There are some rituals that are done skyclad, and this is a great way to introduce the idea of skyclad to these people, but skyclad is basically um, doing a, a ritual or a practice naked, and you would be with your coven members, and that would be your most vulnerable state was with, without clothes, but it is something that the, only the innermost circle people would do, and only, only if they're comfortable. Um, mm, there's just her saying that the rituals are made up hurts my heart a little bit because then at that with that logic then there's nothing different that they're doing that you're doing so who's to say what you're doing isn't made up the things that i do in my practice aren't made up i do them with a purpose with it with an end goal and i use the things in my spells specifically to get to that end goal like i'm not just going to put rosemary and this and that together and say oh look a spell has been done like that's not how it works you have to research your ingredients and create spells and do things like that this we'll see where it goes we'll see where this train wreck is heading oh like it's just a series of actions that people um, are kind of deciding are meaningful and so if you're in one tradition you know, a bunch of people might stand around a circle and hold hands and maybe one person will stand in the middle. But this is f fairly common. This is something you would read about in maybe a witchcraft book. And um, everyone would really like heavily visualize um, themselves like sending energy to that main person. And that main person may, um, once they feel that they have like all of the energy of the group focused on them, they may um, 
choose to like take on a slightly different personality because they they feel like they can maybe they feel like they um i mean it, it goes to places some people think are dark and, and places that i don't even necessarily want to play in so now she's saying that there's a lot of visualization and there's a lot of dark things that happen in covens that's that's once again not true um just like with the christian religion for example you have evangelical christians you have different kinds of Christians that I can't think of the name of, but there's different paths. There's different paths for covens too. There's Alexandria, there's Gardnerian, and a lot of this is just not true, and she's kind of making up a lot of these things. This is something that has happened in the outer circle, yes. And maybe once you get to that inner ring, but once you get to that close, close, close-knit circle, um, you know, it's a lot more complicated than just that. I'm really wondering what the hell this person has taught her for that training in that year. Cause, and this is the first time we've already gotten in and she's mentioning witchcraft books. I feel like these guys, and this is nothing on them, they're probably looking at it from the perspective of Harry Potter and from the perspective of different like TV shows and things and stuff like that. Like when he's when he was talking like did you see a spell actually working? He's probably thinking like, "Oh, Harry Potter made the candle float. So have you done that?" And there just needs to be just a very flat out like, "Hey, let's get rid of these stereotypes in the beginning and let's get rid of this nonsense that it isn't in the beginning so that we don't confuse people." <laughs> that should have been very clear from the beginning continue myself but maybe that person would think of themselves as possessed and they would behave differently and say things differently um for example hmm. uh the training that you mentioned like what does that consist of this is the question i've been waiting for exactly and and what what do you have to become skilled at to be able to eventually perform rituals and spells on your own um, all you need to perform them on your own is confidence, but it kind of does take a little time of hanging out in the space to gain. Oh my god, no. No. You need visualization, meditation. Oh my gosh, confidence? Is this even a real practice for her is my question because this is not correct. You can't just have confidence. Confidence helps. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have confidence. It's fantastic. Job interviews, confidence, confidence spells, confidence. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, you need visualization techni techniques, uh, meditation techniques. Um, oh, my goodness. I, my, oh, my God. Uh, let's continue. In that confidence, in my experience, um, the training was not exactly what I thought it would be. It It was a lot of, like visualizations and meditations and um discussions of the history of witchcraft and yes that's what you need visualizations discussions of the history of witchcraft and meditations perfect and um like the reading of certain texts and um i think that my mentor was um really trying to kind of instill in me a sense of understanding. I think he wanted for us to kind of be on the same page and being on the same page uh, with someone who understands magic kind of involves just like knowing that you can kind of do whatever you want and being able to design spells that work for you and then seeing that you kind of have that creative spark and that you you kind of do know how to take it, take the reins on it, you know? Mm. 
Okay, that is her entire explanation of that. That was crap. That is not... So it sounds to me that she wanted to get into this witchy, witchcraft space realm. She got upset because, or frustrated because it wasn't what she thought it was. Like, everyone goes into it... Well, not everyone. I'm generalizing here. People go into it thinking, you know, Harry Potter and the magicians and TV shows and books. And books and TV is fun and great, but unfortunately when it comes to witchcraft, for some reason people think that's reality. But then when you go to, like, CSI Miami, people are like, oh, well, that that's, you know, that's clearly fake. That's TV. That's not real. But the reality is witchcraft TV shows are usually fake as well. Um, and that's something that I'm just... I'm still <laughs> trying to wrap my head around, um, once again, videography and film. Um, you know, I studied those a lot, and I understand that those things are fake. Um, and we had to watch a lot of, you know, TV shows and stuff like that. But that being put aside, I feel like she's very much like, it wasn't what I thought it was. I wanted it to be this. So she's making it as close to that as she possibly can. Um, she can't float a candle. That's the end of the day. But I do feel like she's, I don't know, this is not the best way to go about that question. Training involves a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of visualization, a lot of meditation, a lot of things like that go into training. And being on the same page with somebody, doesn't. it doesn't mean you're making things up. You know, if I'm on the same page of some as somebody with my in my relationship, it doesn't mean we're making things up and just going by whatever. We're talking, we're communicating, we're saying, "Hey, this is the goal of this, and this is how we're going to get there." Yeah, because it feels like it's not, you know, there's not like a spell book of you know, do this three times, add this ingredient, and something will happen. It's to me, it's sounding sort of just like exploring your own consciousness or, or, or almost like pushing past what a lot of people kind of perceive as limits I guess consciously if that makes sense yeah for sure um, so one way that I like to explain it is that um, a new age person would be interested in kind of like manifesting the reality they desire right so they would sit down and write down a hundred times you know I and very wealthy or something. I'm, I'm thinking of like a common thing that the people are trying to create for themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that... Uh, so once again, she is focusing energies and using examples of outward things like money, like wealth, and, you know, like love and sex. And I realize money and wealth are the same thing. But she's putting those on, on an outward... She's using her magic on an outward... Um, not really looking inward and trying to look inside and these guys are you know they're relatively smart I think that they've kind of gotten it where it's like it's a lot of self-discovery a lot of it is self-discovery and a lot of it is figuring out what you can and cannot do and a lot of it is you know you there are not a lot of rules and there are spell books um on and these these guys are not really they haven't been informed and I I feel frustrated because once again this this woman that they're talking to this young lady is just not explaining that there is a spell book you can make spell books spell books and in fact coffins typically have spell books that they work from 
And it's just all frustrating again. A witch would say, oh, that's an awesome idea. What if I cast a sacred circle with candles? And then, you know, I wrote that down a couple of times. And then in the circle, I wore a cloak and I let myself become, you know, uh, you know, I, I opened the door to a really intense part of my personality that I only allow to come out in the circle. And there I declared that I would be wealthy. You know, what, what effect would that have on my psyche and how much faster would, would that help the goal be reached? Hmm. Okay, so I mean, is there a difference between this and people who, you know, have vision boards and are constantly, you know, I mean, people who could be into like manifesting, but won't necessarily, you know, label themselves as a witch or anything. Cause it sounds like this is all like very, like you're saying, it's not like there's an old spell book and it's like get three frog legs and mix it together and say this, this chant and like this will happen. Um, it's more so just kind of a lot of visuals, visual, uh, sorry, what is going on? I can't say that word, <laughs> visualization and uh, manifesting. Is there a difference between that or is something like a vision board considered, you know, something that you would be interested in or that would fall under this, you know, category of which? Okay, so this is the question that I had in the beginning is, is it is it the same as a freaking vision board? Is it the same as that kind of crap? I mean, not crap, but my, my, I'm sorry. This is just really frustrating. This is really frustrating to listen to. So my mother-in-law does vision boards, but she does not classify herself as a witch. And it's just, this is so frustrating to, to listen to this misinformation be just peddled. I am curious to see what the comments are. And we're only 17 minutes in to this particular one. So, hey guys, I'm going to leave this episode here. This is getting a lot longer than I thought it would be. So next week's episode will be out next week, of course, on Monday. Um, this will be the part two. And if you hear anyone in the background, that's Kiwi. Sorry. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So we will catch you guys uh, next week for part two.